This week on the Country Music Media Podcast. Country music is a real leadership void. But if country music were a football team, our captains leading these social issues would be third-string offensive linemen and practice squad kickers. That's not to speak to the talent of the people leading. It's just we don't have our most well-known celebrities out front. And a team needs its best and most high-profile players to lead. And again and again, our best and brightest have, have chosen to avoid this responsibility, like my kids avoid folding their socks and underwear. Welcome to the Country Music Media Podcast. My name is Billy Dukes. If it's your first time, welcome. If you're back for a new episode, thank you very much. And be sure you rate and review the podcast wherever you find podcasts. That certainly does mean a lot. Previous guests from Monday, we had Chuck Wicks on the show to talk about his very interesting career. Jonathan Bernstein from Rolling Stone talked about uh, his review of Morgan Wallen's new album the week prior. And last Thursday, of course, as much of a real-time reaction to the Morgan Wallen situation as you're going to get out of me. is kind of an emotional episode. Got some good positive feedback and uh, a little bit of criticism as well. It's certainly all appreciated. I do value the conversation. You can find me on Twitter at Billy Dukes. You can also email me at BillyDukes at gmail.com. Certainly a slower week in country music this week. I think probably Eric Church's Super Bowl performance of the National Anthem was the big news. Uh, I thought it was great. I can certainly see why people didn't like it. I think the funniest tweet I saw was someone who said, and I'm going to censor the tweet, but it was something along the lines of, Finally, a version of the National Anthem we can make love to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's not too far off. I think if you weren't a big Eric Church fan or if you aren't, uh, or if you're not familiar with Eric Church, maybe it turned you off a little bit. But if you do like Chief, you thought it was spot on. I loved his hair. I thought the purple suede jacket was just, I mean, I want one. Luke Combs did something pretty remarkable late last week. And I think if you're paying attention, you've noticed a little bit of a trend from Luke. One of the issues facing country music is a real leadership void. And I often draw this sports metaphor, and I'm going to do it again. But if country music were a football team, our captains leading these social issues would be third-string offensive linemen and practice squad kickers. That's not to speak to the talent of the people leading. It's just we don't have our most well-known celebrities out front. And a team needs its best and most high-profile players to lead. And again and again, our best and brightest have, have chosen to avoid this responsibility, like my kids, avoid folding their socks and underwear. Luke Bryant, several years ago, he sang, I believe you love who you love in a song called Most People Are Good. And we praised him like he just flung open the doors for equality. I think even Luke was surprised by the amount of praise he got for that simple lyric. It's a low bar. To a certain degree, that's forgivable when you're new, because A, you're young and your opinion's still might be forming, and B, you're focused on your career 365 days a year. That's understandable. You got more to lose when you're just a few singles or albums into this thing. So this is why where Luke Combs looks to be heading is really, really remarkable. He appears to be slowly stepping up into a position of leadership in a significant way, and I'm going to give you three examples of this. And I don't want to get too far into this or praise him too much. His efforts have really only just begun and he hasn't really said anything yet. Uh, He hasn't spoken out against racial or even gender equality and he's got mostly a a bunch of white men on his records. But this announcement came last week that uh, two days, it came two days after Morgan Wallen was 
caught using the racist slur on the streets of Nashville, uh, Luke reached out to Marin Morris and then the organizers of CRS to change the direction of a panel that they had been planning for quite some time. And if you don't know, CRS, Country Radio Seminar, it's kind of like a trade show and education event in Nashville. A lot of music involved. Typically one or two of the format's biggest stars are going to get a chance to reflect on their career or an important topic. For example, Luke Bryant is speaking a little bit later in the week. Luke Combs and Marin were going to be part of what was described as a fun talk with two of country music's biggest young stars on how they got to the top. It's now going to be a discussion of accountability and country music's future, shaped in part by this last 10 days of country music. Ann Powers from NPR is hosting this thing, and she's not fooling around here. Uh, Per Inside Radio, she said she would only do it if both of them agreed ahead of time to talk about their past mistakes and some of the good things they've done in their lives and careers. She's not bringing the fluff. And I do want to give Marin some credit here, too, although the conversation seems to be a little bit more on brand for her, as she's been speaking out for quite some time. Uh, she's really the exception to my sports metaphor. She, she is a frontline starter wearing that big Captain C on her jersey. Now, before I get to why Luke may be especially qualified to talk about Morgan and his situation, let me back up a little bit to event number one, and that was Luke's interview with Dan Rather from earlier this year. Dan, another journalist who isn't looking to get his picture taken with the rich and famous, uh, he's bringing it. It was during the big talk, Dan asked Luke point blank about country music's biases, prejudices, and systematic racism. He asked if Luke thought about this. And this is what Luke said in full. I didn't want to clip it because I don't want to take him out of context. So here's the clip in its entirety. It's about two minutes long. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to ignore those things. Uh, when you hear them, I think any artist would tell you that they see those things and, and they're aware of those things. And um, obviously, I think country music can can stand to be more diverse. I, I think that would only be a positive thing, in my opinion. Um, the majority of country music is derived from African-American music anyways. But it's it's an interesting time in in our country. People are very divided right now. And it's it's so divisive. And, and that brings me a lot of like inner turmoil, you know, because I'm, I'm here and I'm having so much success right now and I'm just at home and, I, and I'm not able to go out and do the things that I love. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching the news and I'm, you know, I, I consume these, these things that are on the television and, and they cause me a lot of, um, I don't want to say stress, but just noise and like the world is just not in a good state in general right now, in my opinion. And that causes me a lot of angst. I've written some songs about it in the, in the last couple of weeks, uh, just about how it's just an upsetting time to, to be in America. And I think the, the climate of country music has helped me in so many ways. And, and it's upsetting that, that there are, you know, people that I consider my peers, you know, who happen to be black Americans who don't feel like country music provides them as much of that safe space or as much of a welcoming place as it does to me. And that's, that's a problem. If they feel, if they feel like they're not welcomed into this community, then absolutely that's something that needs to be addressed. I've watched and listened to this clip several times. And the first time I thought Luke was kind of caught off guard and he didn't have a good answer for the question. But the more I listen, 
the more I realize he wasn't. That wasn't the case at all. His answer is nothing short of honest. Uh, it wasn't a harsh rebuke of what's happening, but it represents a realization that he's enjoying the kind of success that's just not available to his black peers. And I think when you listen to him talk, instead of watch it, uh, you hear a much more confident person as well. His nervousness kind of comes through in the video. Like I said, it's just the beginning. We're watching this happen in real time, but you flash forward to February 1st, which was one day after Morgan said what he said, but one day before everybody found out about it, Luke dropped a song called The Great Divide with Billy Strings, and it's now clear that that was one of the songs he was talking about uh, with Dan Rather. It's a social message. Lyrics go, we're all so far, so far apart now. It's as deep as it is wide. We're about to fall apart now. If we can't reach the other side, we got to find a way across the Great Divide. Again, not a Hulk Hogan of a message. It's not aggressive at all. But I think you could really argue that a little bit is going to go a really long way here. An artist like Luke nudging the social conscience of the less inclusive country music fan and doing it with intent, that means a hell of a lot. So many people are out there screaming and shouting and name-calling. Luke is just doing a little bit. And again, when you hear him talk about it, he sounds a little tentative. But it felt like the right time to put this song out. You know, when we wrote it, there were a lot of crazy things going on in the world. There's still a lot of crazy things going on in the world. Um, and I just felt like I had some stuff to say. It's not meant to be political. It's not meant to try to tell you what to think or tell you how to believe. Um, that's, you know, not my job. Uh, it's just a guy kind of saying the way he was feeling uh, when he wrote it. And um, we recorded this song kind of on a whim a few weeks ago. Uh, and it just felt like something that I wanted you guys to hear. And um, I hope you love it. I know it probably sounds a little different than you're used to. Um, but you guys let me know what you think. I'll include links to both of these videos at the website countrymediapodcast.com so you can listen and watch for yourself. But next Wednesday is the panel at CRS, and it's going to be really well attended. I'm not sure how either Marin or Luke get through this without offering a direct opinion on Morgan Wallen. And that's probably going to dominate the headlines. Remember this. The last time Luke Combs toured, Morgan was his direct support. It was the Beer Never Broke My Heart tour. It was Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, and uh, Jameson Rogers, if I'm not mistaken. And it was packed. And they sold it out all of 2019. These two guys know each other really well. And beyond that, they're kind of from the same part of the country. Uh, Eastern Tennessee, Western North Carolina, both from Appalachia. I mean, these two men... They're cut from the same, or at least a similar cloth, but they've hand the, handled their business quite a bit differently over the years. Similar age. Both have a little 90s vibe to them. Luke hasn't said anything on Twitter, though, over the last two weeks, which I think is probably wise. You know, If there's anything we've learned is that anything you say or do on social media right now is going to be interpreted wrong a thousand ways. This isn't a time for listening and learning, but no one has to tweet it. You know, that's not mandatory. You don't have to put it out there on Twitter. There are other ways because there's a level of nuance to this thing and to how we absorb what happened and the response, and you can't get that across in a tweet. Not everybody can. Some people are pissed, and that's fine. Some people are pissed and think Morgan is getting screwed. 
again, entitled to that opinion. I'm not someone who's out there looking for people to disagree with on social media. There's people who are mad at culture as a whole, and that's a really, really dark place to go. You start worrying about what the masses are doing. It's just a lose-lose. If you want to march for Morgan Wallen, if you think that's a great way to spend your time on a Saturday afternoon, a rainy Saturday afternoon, and it's peaceful, by all means, do it. I think the most mature responses, and maybe I just say this because it's the responses that resonate most with me. In fact, that's definitely the reason I say this. But the responses are that Morgan the man can be redeemed even if Morgan the commercial artist should not be welcomed back so quickly, if at all. Compassion and understanding that he has an alcohol problem is not forgiveness. Forgiveness is not forgetting. You can forgive, but not let him back on the radio. And he does appear to have an alcohol problem. I was a little bit cautious to label it that, but someone pretty close to him labeled it as such on Instagram, so I'm going to go with that. I thought Kelly Bannon made a really great point uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, She's been on the show before, and she talked about this in brief, but she said the best thing we can do right now, the best thing that people who love and support Morgan Wallen can do right now is to hold him absolutely accountable for his actions, because otherwise you're enabling the addict. If you're a fan or if you're part of his team and you're wanting to restore everything he had before quickly, you are responsible for what comes next. Kelly made that point on Twitter from her personal experiences. Uh, She had two brothers who died after battling addiction. I have some specific thoughts on what Morgan can do. But first, two places I went wrong last week that I want to address. The first is I, I said we'd see the fallacy of streaming numbers because I thought the sales and the streaming numbers would tank. And nope, nope, not it. <laughs> it did not happen. Uh, fans got on there, soaked them up like a seasonal gravy. And I think, yeah, in large part, maybe there was a little bit of an overreaction to this news as well. I mean, there's no joy, once again, at getting angry at the masses. And I think to a certain degree, the events and the headlines stoked some curiosity in his music that likely drove some of these searches. I also think that if you're a fan, it was probably fair to worry that his music might not be long for the store shelves, so you better go get it now. We'll see if that holds up through the next month or so. The other thing I messed up in pointing out was that no man had said anything significant about this, and I meant no mainstream country male, because I know Jason Esbell and Sturgill Simpson and some others had, but that's not what I meant. And I want to apologize to a podcast listener, to Joyce, who walked right into a wood chipper on this issue. Perhaps after listening to me on Twitter, she she brought it up and friend of the podcast, Andrea Williams, shot back with, quote, you're asking this because you've been trained, like all other white women in country music, to see every issue, even one that centers the black experience as men versus women issue. This is a marker of your privilege. Uh, yep, 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 yep. E me, that, one, that one's on me as well. Um, I'm going to link to that exchange as well as the website. It actually went back and forth in a pretty nice way and resolved pretty decently, but man, I'm not the police on this issue and I can't pretend to have all the right answers. So I call myself out on that one. I'm going to self-report my mistake there. Uh, last thought here. And I know I sucked you in with a Luke Combs headline 
uh, or subject line of this podcast episode, but you didn't think I wasn't going to go here, did you? I mean, this is the topic. This is what we need to look at 100 ways. I think if you look at the speed at which the industry responded, you can see there was probably a little bit more happening here before we ever heard him shouting the N-word. Even BMI put out a statement, and they cited their consent decree as the reason why they couldn't drop them. I have no idea who is hounding BMI to take action. Who is savvy enough to hound BMI, but not savvy enough to understand that BMI has to literally let everyone through the doors? You know, I mean, that's a really small group of hipster trolls. I digress there. Here's what Morgan Wallen and his record label should do. First, get help. Your drinking days are done. Never again. We don't need to see or hear from you for three months, minimum. Second, start donating a large part of the profits, if not all of the profits from your albums and streams, to causes that support the advancement of black people. And with regards to dangerous, do it in perpetuity. Everything from dangerous. This does two things. It shows you give a damn. And it takes some of the stigma off of buying or streaming that album. There are fans who are genuinely conflicted. And you see this. People who are are closing up shop on fan Twitter accounts because they don't know what to do. This is a gift to your fans who right now don't don't know how to handle this. Third, show some humility. I want to see him at a soup kitchen every Saturday morning for a year before I hear him with a new song at the radio. Understand what the opposite of privilege looks like. And then somewhere along the way, maybe you do an interview with Gail King or another serious journalist of color. If you want to share or or tweet some photos here or there on Instagram, that's fine. You got a little song, a little crumb, that's cool too. But that's not what you do. That's not who you are right now. Right now you eat crow. And the fourth thing, and actually this may be the first thing, cut that damn hair off. That mullet right now is more than ever a symbol of redneck racism. It was cute, but you ruined it. It's time to rebrand. You do all that, come back January 2022, maybe we'll talk then. And maybe you get with Luke Combs too, because he seems to have his head on straight with this thing, and and I'm not sure that some of your other friends do. By the numbers this week, Morgan Wallen's Dangerous album is still the number one album, but Luke Combs is back with number two with What You See Is What You Get. No new albums entered the chart. Streaming, it's four Morgan Wallen songs, followed by Luke Combs, Better Together. On the sales side, you'll find five Morgan Wallen songs, followed by Gabby Barrett, The Good Ones, and Luke Combs, Better Together. Most added this week is Glad You Exist by Dan and Shay. The number one country airplay song is Better Together by Luke Combs. And the number one hot country song is Better Together by Luke Combs. Coming Monday on the Country Music Media Podcast, I can't say because the interview's not in the can yet. Real close on a couple of things that pertain to this topic, but those interviews aren't done, so I'm not going to promote it quite yet. Big thanks to Billboard for the charts, my friends at Taste of Country for the job. And I want to thank Carrie on Twitter, who gave the show a little bit of love. That's certainly appreciated. And you can find me on Twitter at Billy Dukes or email me at BillyDukes at gmail.com. Rate and review the podcast if you enjoyed it and hit that subscribe button or follow if you listen on Spotify or some other platforms. 
Share your thoughts with me via email as well. And let's continue this conversation on Monday during episode number 33 of the Country Music Media Podcast.